everybody. Welcome to Intersex Connect, the show. I'm Joseph Benedict, and I'm so glad you came and joined us today. And we're going to have a bit of a fireside chat online, of course. But <laughs> anyway, so Intersex Connect, the original Intersex Connect, the show. What is that? What's it going to be? I have no idea. Oh. <laughs> it's up to the universe, and the universe. Um, is either going to make it successful or it's going to wither away. I don't know. I have great hopes. As anybody who ever started a show of this nature, um, I'm sure that they always wanted everybody on the entire planet to be able to see their show. And that's my goal. It's for everybody on the entire planet to see this show. Unrealistic goal? Maybe. But, hey, shoot for the stars. You might actually get there. So, Intersex, the original Intersex Connect came from Intersex Connect, which was started at the LGBTQ Center of Southern Nevada about three years ago. And then some group tried to piggyback off the success of Intersex Connect. So we became the original Intersex Connect. Came up with this show and... Uh, it was a concept for a day or two, and then all of a sudden it was boom. So the universe said, we're going to do the show. So here we are, and I'm sitting here trying to make sure everybody has a chance to get in. And I think we've gone far enough so that we should really get into the show. Because today's show, in the Intersex Connect, we have a very special guest who is an intersex advocate and has been an intersex advocate for quite some time. Um, I've known them for a couple of years now, and uh, I want to bring up this uh, intro because I don't want to forget anything. So today's special guest is Vash Bodhi. And Vash Bodhi is a broadcast journalist, performing artist, a patent-holding inventor, a life coach, and activist. You can currently see him every Friday on the Black Press National New Newspaper Publishers Association, first openly LGBTQI program. He said, he said, he said, live. Here to talk about radio and streaming series of segments called The Intersex Interviews, here is Bosch Bodhi. Hey, Joseph. Hey, Bosch, how's it going? It's going well. Let me see if I can move us to a point go. where we are. That looks oh. better to me. Hi. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Thanks for having me today. This is really amazing to be a part of the inaugural uh, original Intersex Connect the show. Well, I think it's awesome because we also get to connect it with the premiere of your interview series, the Intersex Interviews. So it's kind of like a double premiere of amazing things that I hope will change the world. I agree with you 100%. I mean, if we're going to oh. do it, let's do it big. And this is really, it's an honor to, to actually premiere them here on the original Intersex Connect. Well, thanks for saying so. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, but, all right, we got to ask some questions and find out about Bosch before we get going here. Oh, that's exciting. I was like, I'm always the one asking questions. It's interesting to have someone ask me questions. There you go. So um, I guess the first question I have to ask is, are you intersex? It depends on what definition you use. Um, by, I guess, a standard definition, I would not be considered intersex. 
Um, because I would say that for the most part, I would be considered typically male, but I happen to have a general opinion, especially after I've learned more and more about what it is to be intersex. I think we're all a little intersex and we can go into that a little bit later, but I think that everything is on a spectrum and I don't think that there's anything that's really very male or very female, but from a typical standard definition, no, I am not, I'm not an intersex. Right. But you're also not a hardcore go running through the mountains with 50,000 pounds on your back, showing everybody how tough you are kind of guy, right? No, but I would love to meet one of them. <laughs> there you go. Um, so if you weren't intersex, how did you learn about intersex the first time? And like, how did you hear about it? And um, how long ago was that? And what explain to me how you learned about intersex? How about that? Right on. Well, back in 2008, I was living in California, Proposition 8 passed, and I was pulled out of my cool because all of a sudden, uh, my rights were suddenly challenged. And I got really uh, active in activism. I mean, I went to marches and all kinds of things. And through a series of, of events, I ended up getting connected to IMRU Radio, which is the nation's longest running LGBTQI radio news magazine, broadcasts out of Los Angeles. It's been on the air since 1974. So I started uh, reading the news and then I started becoming a presenter and then I started doing segments with that show. Um, there was a woman who worked on the show and she kept mentioning her husband. And I kept thinking that that's kind of strange. I mean, then I thought, well, maybe she's just bi. So I, you know, I said, hey, so you're bi. And she was like, I'm not bi, I'm straight. And I thought, well, why are you here? And she said, we as people on the planet need to always be looking around to see who we can lift up. And I thought that's super duper powerful. So I looked at what our initialism was and started learning more about things. And I was like, well, we had lesbians running around. We had gay people running around. Uh, there were trans people that would come in and out. I thought she was bi. So I thought, you know what? I'm not going to try to probe into anyone else's groove. But I, I saw the eye and I thought, well, what is that? And I found out that it was intersex. And I thought, well, that will be my groove. And from that point forward, I'm just like, yo, I'm with the intersex people. Come on, y'all, let's change the planet. And that was really the beginning. And it's been maybe about 11 or 12 years that I have been aware of intersex people and considered myself to be an intersex activist. So you've been doing this for quite a long time then. Uh, I mean, I guess, yeah. Well, 12 years is a long time. I've been at it for 13 i think so okay we both started at the same place but i started from birth uh, actually uh, well yeah <laughs> but knowingly uh, yes with like absolutely no knowledge whatsoever and and i didn't know how to find people to help me so wow but, well the first thing i ended up doing um was i ended up looking up i iio Intersex Individuals Organization. Oh, say it again? Or, oh, OII. I mean, because, yeah. you know, it's a, OII. Yeah. And I ended up looking up Hida, Hida Valoria. And I reached yeah. out to her because at the time I had gone up to Oakland and I was like, hey, I'm really interested in becoming an intersex activist. Can you meet with me? And, and they were like, all right, cool. So we met at this burger joint and had burgers and milkshakes and chatted. And then I interviewed okay. her. Um, yeah, I interviewed her. and that was really kind of a big springboard for really bringing me into the activism. So 
Yes, you couldn't have found a better person to talk to to get you started. Yeah. Huh? I love you. All right. So now in the 12 years that you've been an intersex act activist, um, mm -hmm. you've probably tried a lot of different things to try and raise awareness. And I'm mm -hmm. wondering if there's anything specific that you feel was a waste of time and um, it didn't work so that maybe we can give people an idea of what they don't want to do. Uh. <laughs> wow. I mean, I... I don't know that there is anything that I've tried to do that I thought was a waste of time because even if I've talked to someone about intersex and they told me, ah, I already know what that is. And they sort of stormed off. I knew that I had planted a seed. Right. And that the next time they saw intersex or saw the I in LGBTQI that somehow I would still be in their brain. So I would say anything and everything that someone can do to help bring awareness to intersex is a step in the right direction. Um, I, I can tell you that trying to get organizations to add the I to the LGBTQI initialism has been frustrating. Mm. So mm -hmm. I will tell you that uh, I did try something new with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're gonna getting... save that for another show though. Okay, right. fantastic, we can so, do that. Cause we have a show coming up. Bosch is gonna be talking more about um, the, his activism and what has worked and, and things that um, were helpful and things like that on the 26th, Intersex Day, uh, Intersex Awareness Day. We'll be doing that. Uh, I will be live at the LGBTQ Center of Southern Nevada instead of by the fireplace, but we will actually have people in an audience and all of that, so that'll be oh, way wow. cool. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to get too much into all of that right now. Yeah. So, but, um, where am I at? Oh, okay. In the, you've been talking to people in the intersex community for a decade or more. Um, have you noticed divisions in there's in the intersex community? Whereas, um, it's like not everybody's coming to the same table. I have. I have, and that's sort of expected in, in any or, you know, any group, um, yeah. but I, I, I have. And you talk about some of that in the interview that we're going to show. Um, yeah. I get all tingly when I think that we're going to premiere uh, this, <laughs> this first episode. Um, yes, because I didn't tell Bosch that until like two and a half minutes before we started. Uh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and I've been working feverishly to finish it because, you know, I've been doing radio. This is going to be the first video interview that I've ever done that's going to get any airtime. Um, so the fact that it's about a, a subject and a group of people that I'm so passionate about is is so thrilling. It's just, I mean, I'm all goose pimply. I wish, I mean, like, it's just amazing. So well, speaking of the video, what inspired you to start doing the interview series? Like, what is your hopes and dreams for the series? Well, those are two separate questions. The yes. thing that got me motivated really to do it was for, I mean, you pointed out, I've been a, an intersex activist for probably the last 12 years. I would say that I don't believe that as the sort of achiever that I am, that I was really living up to that name. And I thought I have got to do something that really pushes my activism to a point where I feel like I'm doing something. Awesome. So, I like that answer. Right on. Um, yeah. We were, you know, the quarantine had happened. We were in lockdown. I was 
taking care of my mom or still am in, in many ways. And I really needed a creative outlet. And I thought, how do I do what I want to do and love to do, which is to talk to people and to create stories and be a storyteller? How do I marry that with my activism and elevate everything to a brand new space? And so I had started joining intersex groups online. Thanks to you, you were inviting me to, no, actually I didn't know you at that point. So I joined one intersex group and I just thought, hey, why don't I see if anybody wants to talk to me? <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, hey, everybody, I'm gonna do, I wanna do some interviews about intersex people. And the responses I got back were very mixed, very yeah. mixed. But you were one of the first people to respond and were like, hey, I'll talk to you. And sure, uh, I'll talk to anybody. Uh, <laughs> look, and you continue to bring that energy to this relationship that we've, we're, we're growing. I mean, you're like a childhood friend that my mom would be afraid that I was going to go hang out with because we would end <laughs> up doing everything. Like one of us would be like, hey, you want to go run by the train yeah. tracks? Hell yeah, let's go on by the train yeah, tracks. I mean, like, yeah. yeah. So I love I that was, energy that you have. I was that kid. Um, yes, you still are that person. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> so that's why I started doing them. What I hope to get out of them is I really just want to expand the conversation about intersex, uh, not only just outside of the community, but within the community, because there are so many different variations. And even intersex people will say, if you've met one intersex person, you have met one intersex person. Every variation is different. Everyone's journey within that variation is different. And there are times that people are uh, bringing their experience and their journey to new conversations and want and need to be heard that, that sometimes gets in the way of them hearing other people. So I hope that these interviews allow people to hear and see each other's journeys in different ways, as well as see that there are other people outside of the community that really are uh, interested in helping intersex people, but also helping everyone by understanding that everyone deserves to be who they are from the moment that they are born without any intervention, physically or emotionally, psychologically, et cetera. Amen to that. Amen to that. So we're talking about your interview series and the premiere and everything. Yes. And <laughs> would you like to do a bit of a setup and we'll go ahead and start the interview. The interview is a little bit over 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, so if you guys can hang out with us and watch the interview, I will also say that I did the interview about a year and a half ago, shortly after the pandemic started. And yeah. my education between now and then has grown. So like I'm in the interviews, I'm conflating sex and gender. Um, I do know the difference at this point, but I've learned more since February than I've learned in the last 10 years. So forgive me if sometimes I seem like I'm going off to the side where I shouldn't be. Um, but anyway, why don't you go ahead and set us up and start the interview if you would. Well, right on. Um, and I think you're being a little, well, first of all, if you've learned more since the interviews, that's fantastic because there's still people who are going to learn a lot by watching this interview um, with you. Um, this is the first interview I did with you or the first interview I did actually. And this was about, like you said, a year and a half ago. Um, shortly after I did this interview with you, I lost my computer. My computer died and I wasn't able to edit, any, edit anything from July 
June of last year, June or July of last year until March of this year. I was down without a computer while Apple figured out what was going on with my computer. So, um, you know, this is it. So, the, like I said, the universe is in control of all these things and it's at the universe's timing and today is the day. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, wow, this is really, it's, uh, I, I put together a series of questions that I wanted to ask all intersex people to give them an opportunity to present who they were and to expand the conversation about intersex. I uh, also have learned a lot. I hope that this edit reflects what I've learned because I've edited it twice since I completed it since then because I had learned more things. And I talked to you for about an hour, almost an hour and a half. So what you're seeing is what I do. I take what people say, I put it together in a way that concisely tells their story. And I, I hope you guys like it. We will be here afterwards to answer questions. And if you want to comment, if you're watching right now on Facebook Live, you can comment and we should be able to see your comments. You can comment throughout the show or the presentation and then we'll answer any questions afterwards. Is that correct, Joseph? That is correct. Okay, cool. Um, cool, here we, let's go. Hi, I'm Vosh Bodhi and this is TTV, Talk to Vosh. I take you around the world to meet interesting people in and affecting the LGBTQI communities. If this is the first time you are seeing my face or hearing my voice, please like and subscribe to make sure you get all my content. In this episode, we kick off this ongoing series called The Intersex Interviews, where we meet people connected to the intersex community, each with their unique perspectives and stories to share. I invite you to settle in and enjoy as we explore the I in LGBTQI, right here on TTV. Talk to Vosh. Intersex people are individuals born with any of several characteristics that do not fit into the standard definition of typical male or female bodies. Joining me now is Jessup Benedict, intersex liaison at the Center in Las Vegas. Hi, Jessup. Hi, boss. Jeff Benedict here in Las Vegas. Do you prefer Jeff? Jessup? Jess? Well, my given name when I was born was Jeff. And then um, I had to start taking hormones to survive in my 40s. So I thought I needed to be Jess. And then I came to the conclusion about 10 years into it that I'm not really either one of those people. I'm both. I'm the Jeff that I grew up as and I was the Jess that I became, but not absent of the other. So both of those people are who makes me. So I took Jeff and I took Jess and I put them together and now I'm Jessup. I love it. So I will call you Jessup. There are many types of intersex variations. What's yours? Uh, Mine is hypospadias with micropenis, or in other words, I was born a hermaphrodite. That's interesting that you use the term hermaphrodite, because I have interviewed other people who have said that the use of the term hermaphrodite is a little pejorative. Um, I've actually had quite a few discussions of, about this in the last couple of days, and I find that people that are hermaphrodites have no problem with the word, but people that are intersex and not a hermaphrodite think that it's a slur or, or just not a good word. So I'm having a little trouble with the fact that it seems like the intersex community is trying to erase the hermaphrodites 
by not allowing people to use that word. It saves a lot of time. Explaining intersex is, takes 20 minutes and explaining a hermaphrodite is saying the word hermaphrodite. <laughs> there are different ways and schools of thought around looking at intersex people. There's disorders yeah, uh, of sexual development, and then there's just looking at it as a natural variation. Uh, I totally think it's a natural variation. Um, I don't like DSD because it makes it a disorder. Um, but intersex people have been around since the time of Christ and before that, I'm sure. But in Matthew 19, 12, Jesus speaks of some people being born that way. They use the word eunuch, but um, I'm pretty sure that that wasn't the word Jesus used because eunuch and hermaphrodite and intersex were not words that were used in the Aramaic language that Jesus spoke. But he said that some people are born both male and female and that it's okay and whoever can accept this should. So it's a variation of human that's been around for thousands of years at least. It just blows my mind that this conversation even has to happen and that myself didn't even understand like that people like me existed until I was 45 years old and I found out I was that type of human. What was growing up like for you? Well, my mother was a very violent alcoholic, so um, it was rather abusive. I was forced to be in a more masculine way, and my brother was told to toughen me up and things like that. And um, Got a note home from school because um, my favorite color was pink. That went on for a couple of days, and we finally decided it has to be red. And just add a bunch of white to it, and it'll be pink. So. We settled on that, and then uh, principal called my mother when they were talking about careers, and they said, what do you want to do? And I said, I wanted to be a housewife, and that was not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> I got in a lot of trouble for that one. When I was in my 40s, I was dying. I had to actually sign doctor's paperwork that says, I know I'm dying in the next 90 days, and the doctor's done everything they could, and don't sue the doctor kind of paperwork. The doctor was doing examination, thought that I had Lyme disease and he was going to prove it. So he was doing a full body examination and he gets near the end of it and he looks up at me and he goes, did you know you were born with a vagina? Wow. Like, whoa, <laughs> what? No. <laughs> so then he explained it to me and why he said that. And I left his office and pretended that conversation didn't happen for about five years. The fact that I was dying and nobody could figure out why ended up being that my body needed female hormones. So now I take estrogen and I haven't been any healthier in my whole life. And it's been gone four or five years now that I've been on estrogen. They surgically removed the vagina through hysterectomy and sewed all that closed. And then the penis was actually where the clitoris would be. So they moved it up to where it's traditionally placed. But in the process, the urethra um, wasn't designed to be that long in me. So it 
has lots of failures and um, so it creates holes that aren't supposed to be there. If I pee in a urinal and I can pee in the urinal and on the person to my left at the same time. You actually even have a blog where you yes, talk about this quite specifically. What is your blog? Where does God want me to pee? As in go to the bathroom. It's all because of the uh, transgender bathroom fights that are continuously going on. And it's like, well, if you have this, God wants you to pee there. And if you have that, God wants you to pee there. And it's like, well, I was born with both. So where does God want me to pee? Where do you pee? It depends on how I'm dressed. <laughs> Which do you find yourself presenting more? I think my feminine side is more predominant. Um, but my masculine side is more utilitarian. If I'm out and I'm in a feminine mode and a couple of guys start fighting on the bar or whatever, all of a sudden I'm in defense mode and it just like blows the whole thing. <laughs> How would you define your gender? It's kind of like describing blue to a blind person. You have baby blue and navy blue and azure blue and all the other blues in between. And it's really hard to describe it to somebody that can't feel it or see it or touch it. I don't have a label for it. I'm not really into labels. Um, I'm Joseph, I'm both. I'm an amalgamation of male and female put together to create one human. All right. <laughs> it's not a or b and it's not a b or c it's a through z and one through a jillion um because as intersex people prove gender is not just your chromosome let's talk about sexuality how would you define your sexuality i don't know i would have to say that i was bisexual i am fine some men attractive and most women attractive, but I've been married for 23 years now to a woman and we had a son. When we got married, I told my wife that, you know, I couldn't father a child and so her taking birth control would be ridiculous. And a month later she was pregnant. How was that possible? Not really sure. I mean, apparently things work better than they ever thought they would. What's been the toughest part of being intersex? The most difficult part for me would be the fact that I had to take female hormones and starting started developing female features. So I was then immediately identified as transgender and the way people treat transgender people is the way they treated me. People try and tell you that you're insane and that you're mentally ill. And, you know, I have the advantage of medical science to know that I'm not. But if you're transgender and nobody's ever explored the fact that you're intersex, you might be. You might not be. But um, that doesn't make you less valuable as a human or worthy of ridicule and um, disdain. 
what were your inspirations? Who were your heroes that helped you get through this difficult time? Uh, being an intersex person, that's the loneliest time of your life. Um, because I literally thought I was the only one. Didn't know there was other intersex people out there, had never met an intersex person until I started reading about my situation. I'd never even knew it existed or that it was a possibility. Um, and when you're first trying to learn about this stuff it, and you're Googling it on the internet, it takes you to some extremely dark places that make you feel really bad about yourself. And so you even have less desire to talk to anybody about it or admit to it or you know, even fathom the idea that it's true is difficult because um, you go and try and find out it on the internet. The first thing comes up is that you're a fetish and you know, that uh, it's horrifying what you can find on the internet. Um, but then you start getting into it and there's very little talk about the actual numbers of people that it affects. So you're reading this about yourself and you're like, holy smokes, this is me. Am I the only one? Until you find an intersex group or create one like I did, you don't even, you, you're on an island. You don't have anybody. So I'm afraid there were no heroes at that time. You have established community. Well, I felt I had to um, because I got to be honest with you, this is the last subject I want to talk about. But there's children whose lives are being destroyed the same as mine was so that they can be normal. And it's not normal to do that to a child. What type of medical intervention do you recommend for people with your variation? Unless it's medically necessary, and in my case it was not, I would wait. I wouldn't do anything. There's no reason to do cosmetic surgery on a child. And if that child later decides that they fit into the binary and they want to be either A or B, let them make that decision. That's up to them they should be able to decide when it's time. They'll let you know. Some children mature much quicker than other children. And most intersex children are rather intelligent. Like every intersex person I know has a high IQ. And um, I started asking because it was becoming um, relatively prominent. So I'm thinking that these kids would know relatively early in life how they felt, whether they felt like they were a boy or they felt like they were a girl. But I don't think that they should have to decide. Which brings us to the California bill and the Nevada bills that are trying to be passed where they're actually making it law that you cannot operate on a child with it's, cosmetic surgery uh, prior to their knowledge. It's the second time that they've tried to get this bill to go through and they decided it didn't affect enough people, so it didn't matter. Do you have numbers? I believe intersex is underreported and that the parents that have noticeably intersex children don't report it necessarily. And the parents that have not noticeably intersex children 
don't know. So it is never reported. So I'm thinking the estimate of 1.7% is at least half of what it really is. The other catch to that is that they have now um, got testing so that they can do um, in vitro testing and abort the intersex babies before they're born. Years ago, the intersex communities said, stop doing that. Yes, but just because we said stop doesn't mean it happens. Do you believe that the initialism that's used by the LGBTQI community, do you believe that it should include the intersex people? I do believe that it should include intersex people because it's literally about human rights and intersex people are human. Just like gay people are human, transgender people are human, lesbians are human. We're all humans and we all deserve to be treated equally. A lot of intersex people are trying to stay separate from the transgender community because they don't want to be considered transgender. Some of them feel the same way about transgender people as the people that are treating them poorly, even though they're intersex and they're proof that transgender is a valid thing. I try to explain to these intersex people that I understand that you don't want to be treated like transgender people are, but you need to understand that nobody should be treated the way transgender people are. Nobody should be treated that way, ever. What are some protections that are needed for the intersex community? Well, the first thing is we need doctors. Um, to find a doctor that knows anything about intersex is almost impossible. I had a primary care doctor tell me that I was lying to him and having me drug tested when I told him I was a hermaphrodite. And it was my first appointment with him and he had not read my records yet. He apologized when I went back, but that was the last time he was my doctor because I straightened him out and told him what I felt about him and then I went and got another doctor. We need doctors. Two, we need to be allowed to pee wherever the hell we want to be. If I have this voice and I'm wearing a dress, it shouldn't matter where I pee. I should pee where I feel safe. And you know, if somebody's, anybody is in a bathroom doing anything inappropriate, they should have to register as a sex offender for the rest of their life. No ifs, ands, or buts. So that everybody can feel safe going to the bathroom. Talk to me about the position that you have. I am the intersex liaison at the center Las Vegas. Basically, they were turning over staff and stuff when I first met the people at the center. And Dr. Ray McFarlane wanted to start um, addressing intersex issues. I had already been working to try and bring awareness to the intersex. So we kind of came together and it's been a match made in heaven as far as that goes. What's your goal? My goal is to stop unnecessary intersex gender assignment surgery. How do people participate in helping stop unnecessary intersex surgeries? Basically, it starts with your government. Talk to your senators, um, your congressmen, and talk to them because that's where it has to start. What's the coolest thing about being intersex? For me, it's knowing that I am a variation of human that 
is unique. Are you at peace with your body now? Um, I wish it was the way it was when I was born. Um, but I'm content. What wisdom do you have for other intersex people with your variation? The first thing is, A, you're human. The second thing is, you're not a fetish. And the third thing is, you're not alone. What do you think the future holds for intersex people? Kind of a back to the future sort of thing, because back in the days of Cleopatra, um, intersex people served on the Queen's court and um, they were the advisors to the kings and um, they held positions of power and, and um, influence because they were considered to be more intelligent and trustworthy than the people of the binary sexual system. So a rise to power and conquering the world is what I'm hearing. No, I don't know about conquering <laughs> the world, but at least rising in prominence and being respected for their intelligence and their ability to see things differently because I don't see things as a man does and I don't see things as a woman does. I see things as I do and it doesn't necessarily follow gender lines. I walk between the fences. Justin, thank you so much for talking to me. Hey, the pleasure's been all mine, and I really, really appreciate you having the conversation. Thank you for watching TTV. I'm Vosh Bodhi, and my special guest has been Jessup Benedict, intersex liaison at the LGBTQ Center in Las Vegas. To help end infant genital mutilation, please contact your local representatives. Tell them you demand intersex protections. Thank you for watching. I am Vosh Bodhi. And remember, if you have a story to tell, TTV, talk to Vosh. All right, there we go. That was awesome. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> wow. How did that make you feel? <laughs> Proud, yeah. uh, excited, and I, 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 I'm, I'm just thrilled that I got to to share it here today for the first time with you. It's just amazing. Well, I'm certainly glad that you were willing to share it with us today, and on our inaugural episode of the Intersect the original Intersex Connect the show. I got to learn how to say that better. But, <laughs> um, we did have a couple of questions. Yeah. Talk, there you go. Um, I think we may have kind of addressed this as far as um, how mm -hmm. we're going to, um, how the broadening spectrum of the intersex, because there's, I think 53 ways now to be intersex. Um, 10 of them are just the way the X and the Y combine. And then there's all sorts of hormonal differences and they seem to like 
slice them and try and find the slightest difference between one and the other. And so they can add another one and they just water it down because only a certain percentage of people have this. But right. of course, we divided this into 17 categories after we created this. So, you know, of course, there's only five people that have it. Three, two. I mean, there's only one person that ever had that. You know, so they keep chopping it down and adding more categories. But um, where was I going? Oh. <laughs> but um, no, there's so many variations anyway. And that um, I kind of think that male and female are on one side or the other and that the hermaphrodite is in the middle and all the variations work their way out until they become hyper masculine or hyper feminine or however you want to address it <laughs> well the thing is aren't those uh hyper well first of all thank you stephanie uh for the compliments and yeah. the love and the comments I, really, <laughs> I think we both appreciate that yes um, we do when you start getting outside of the spectrum of what is typical male and female and get to the beyond where you're uber masculine or male or uber female, those are actual intersex variations. You've got triple X and you've got XYY. So, you know, even the concepts that we have of what is really masculine and really feminine are intersex variations, which is why, you know, when I said, I think we're all a little intersex, the general population when you really sort of put us all out there have some variation or another i mean they're actually celebrities out talking about their bodies and i don't believe that they're aware that they're telling everyone that they're intersex there's the guy the rapper little dicky who has the he was on the emmys he was rapping a white guy from really around this neighborhood where i am right here in philadelphia talks about the fact that he has hypospadias and micropenis but he doesn't say that he's intersex. And Nikki Glaser, who is a comedian, often talks about how her vagina looks like a hastily packed suitcase. <laughs> and when you look at the images of vaginas as they go from super small and compact right. all the way to almost being testicles, hers fits somewhere on the more extreme side of the intersex spectrum. So, yes. you know, intersex people are everywhere. Yeah, they are. And, mm -hmm. you know, the 1.7% is based on pe intersex people that had problems that need to be fixed and they found out they were intersex, not based on how many people are actually intersex. I yep. think, but I don't even think, and I'm, I could be totally wrong, that they have a um, true definite standard of XX and these hormones are a man and X or, you know, and these hormones are female and that they have it all so that you can say, Oh no, this is not male. This mm -hmm. is not female because it doesn't fit this exact criteria. And if you did it that way and works backwards, instead of saying everything has to be XX or XY, if you said that let's prove that it's XX or XY, I think they'd find out that, very small portion of the population would actually fit into that. Probably something like 1.7%. They wouldn't even be worth thinking about. Oh. <laughs> Oops, well, sorry. <laughs> this is why we have these conversations and why I decided to do these interviews so that a wider audience can start understanding the concepts. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that was just your interview. There's uh, an interview with Edie 
Edie Gito Meisner, who uh-huh. uh, I met on one of the, the uh, Facebook groups. I speak to a doctor from Pakistan, and I also speak to an artist from the like basically the center of the country. And everyone has different perspectives on all of this, like how many people are intersex, how they fit into the, the world. So uh, if you like this one interview, I hope you guys tune into the other ones because uh, I do I believe they that do that. information. How do they uh, do that? They will be put on and available through my blog, which is available on WordPress. It's just Vosh, J-U-S-T-V-A-S-H dot WordPress.com. And you can hear other interviews that I've done on the radio, and you'll be able to start seeing these video presentations. Uh, this one will go up almost right away. Um, and then there'll be one once a week after that. So just go to the blog and subscribe. That way you don't miss them. And then they'll also be on IMRU Radio starting on Monday, November 1st, and then each Monday after that. And you can see them at kpfk.org. Right. Or, right? But, All right. That's awesome. So, yeah. um, oh, I know what I was thinking about. The... Um, when I was talking about what people can do to help intersex people in that interview, um, I was still heavily doing things about legislation and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And um, I have gone away from doing legislation because there is a problem with um, they putting in an an exception for the mental health of the parents. So, and as long as they put that exception in there, we're going to have it. We will never, ever stop these surgeries. So what we need to do is make intersex people normal so that their parents aren't scared to death, that their child is not going to be allowed to go to the bathroom or participate in sports or be told that they're insane for the rest of their lives. So we need to really broaden the conversation amongst other people and make intersex normal as opposed to something the parents are terrified about and feel they have to fix yeah and they do that because they're just not aware of one the fact that it's natural that right that it's a naturally occurring experience i mean everyone else talks about all these other naturally occurring variations in the human uh body and experience um we just have to make sure that they're aware which is why intersex awareness this year has just been such a big focus for me. Um, I've been just posting and doing clips and doing all kinds of stuff just to get people aware that the 26th is an intersex awareness day. I appreciate it too, by the way. (laughs) You are so welcome. So we're kind of running out of time, aren't we? Uh, We have a little, we have a little, yeah, actually we're running about getting to be about that time. And, uh, so why don't we wrap this up? Well, might... Stephanie has a question. If you oh, don't... I'm... Where'd it go? Uh, it's on the screen. It says, pardon both. Uh, I am male on my birth certificate, but I am able to have sexual intercourse with a guy and able to conceive a baby. I'm not sure uh, if that is a question for us or if that's a statement. Um, but if it's but, a question, I have no clue because there's so many intersex <laughs> variations that um, I don't think anything is impossible. Um, mm-hmm. Impossible has disappeared from <laughs> after learning out that I was intersex. And to be honest, if it wasn't happening to me, I wouldn't believe it. Um, but um, 
once I found out about it, the, the word impossible has just like disappeared from my vocabulary because, wow, everything's possible, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when if you can conceive it in your mind, it is possible for it to physically manifest. So absolutely. So anyway, I would like to make sure everybody is invited to October 26th, Tuesday. Um, Intersex Awareness Day. I will be live at the center, the LGBTQ Center of Southern Nevada, and we will have a live audience, and we'll be feeding them a little bit of food. So if you want to be part of the live audience, you're welcome to be there. It starts, the doors open at 515 at the center, and that's obviously Pacific time. And um, the show starts at 530 Pacific time online and in the center both and we will be talking about good advocacy for the internet community and what works what doesn't work and things of that nature <laughs> well i have a question uh for you about this program joseph because you know uh this is the inaugural episode of the original intersect connect the show yeah. um i'm wondering like what's next is there going to be another episode well, I'm hoping there's going to be another episode and then we'll have somebody sit down by the fireplace. And if you come sit down by the fireplace and do an episode with me, I'll fix you dinner too. And I'm really good at cooking. So You are hilarious. <laughs> well, because um, I depends on maybe some suggestions for guests and things of that nature. Um, if we could get people to comment who they think would make a good guest or volunteer to be a guest. Um, that would really help. Well, I, I mean, because on my, on my show and part of my activism, uh, I've designed a bunch of intersex awareness t-shirts. As a matter of fact, I'm wearing one of them now. I'm going to stand up a bit so you guys can sort of see it. There you go. It says, yeah. keep calm. They're intersex. There you go. <laughs> I have a bunch of other ones. They're out there on intersex awareness tees. Uh, I would like to donate a, a t-shirt to the person who in the comments is the person who gets right the next guest that is on the Intersex Connect show. Now, I don't know that the next episode has even been established yet, so people should Not make really. as many guesses as they <laughs> want. And uh, on the next episode, whoever has been the first person to name that person who is that guest, I will make sure that you get a t-shirt of your choice from the intersex awareness tees so uh and where can we see the rest of the intersex awareness tees um it is on i will put that into the comments let me see if i can actually get that into the comments right now um, because that would be the best thing to actually show everyone um so let me get that in, but it's okay. intersex-awareness-tees.creator-springs, but let me get that in here and there right away. Um, but we'll make that happen because I think as this show goes on, uh, it's going to be important to include the community as well as represent as much of the community as possible, right? Absolutely. So we want a, a diverse bunch of people as possible mm -hmm. and um being intersex is not a requirement to being on the show right um being a intersex 
advocate or ally would be a requirement because you're going to come on here and try and push for intersex surgeries, then you're going to be in the fireplace or mm -hmm. dinner or you'll be dinner. Um, right. Because <laughs> we're not playing that game. But right. um, so, but yes, allies, friendly people, people that um, think these intersex surgeries are ridiculous are absolutely welcome. And we can do interviews here online, like we did with Vash and I, because Vash is in Philadelphia. And um, we can make it work. So, mm -hmm. uh, and then where do we go from here? Oh, if anyone's interested in being involved in the program or the broadcast, they should reach out uh, either to you directly or comment, put it in the comments that you're interested in getting involved with the show, because I think it definitely should be something that continues to move forward. There you go. Yes. Joseph Benedict at gmail.com. So J E S F Benedict at gmail.com. Or they can just comment and, uh, or, or respond to the Facebook group, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So I think you'll definitely get those as well. So, uh, right on. but I think it's been a great show for the first show. Mm -hmm. And especially since I pretty much fly by the seat of my pants. <laughs> <laughs> and Bosch didn't even know exactly what we were doing until like two minutes before we started doing it. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Bobbing um, and weaving. There you go. You got to adjust and take, go where the universe takes you. Um, I hope everybody that watches this show is at one with the universe and that the universe is taking you to wonderful places and that everything you hope and desire for comes with as little trouble as possible because you can't have one without the other. So <laughs> right on, right on. All right, then. Well, I, thank you so much for having me, Joseph. It's been really a pleasure. The pleasure has been all mine. Thanks Bosch for being here and all the work that you put into this to making it a success. I absolutely could not have done it without you. <laughs> um, I will need a serious technology upgrade at this address before I can do that. And uh, so I appreciate all of your help very, very much. I appreciate everybody for watching. Thank you so much for tuning in and learning a little about intersex today. All right. Bye. Bye now.